Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. My needs are not important. My needs are not important. I'm kind of in the same boat, just from a different perspective, I guess. Sponsored by Zoloft. This episode is brought to you by Zoloft Abilify. <laughs> Zerprexan. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm Jonna R. Bray. This week, I would like to talk about what it means to reach out and ask for help. What that means, what it looks like, what it doesn't mean. How to do it. The, the difficulty of doing that sort of thing. Asking for help? Why would you ask for help? We're superhuman. We can do all of this by ourselves. Right? <laughs> That's always kind of been my approach, but, you know. Oh, man. You can do it all by yourself until basically, like, the floor collapses underneath you. And, yeah. I was sitting in therapy yesterday, and... My therapist said, there is a basic human function. It's just a basic function where, like, if you fall over and you're hurt, like, is the urge to, like, raise your hand and call out for, like, help, help, please help. I'm hurt. I've, you know, I fell over and I'm hurt. Please help. And she said, somewhere along the way, Heather, that basic human emotion in you got squashed. And as she was saying that, like, my face started, she, she goes, oh, my gosh, look at your face. And I'm like, what am I doing? And she's like, you even physically can't even think about what it would be like to fall over and then actually ask for help, can you? And I was like, no. <laughs> I think if I fell over, I would just lay there until I healed and then get up. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, I, that doesn't seem like a basic human response to me to ask for help. I I, yeah. I just, that's not how I've ever been. I don't want to put somebody out. Exactly. What is that? I don't want, I don't, like this is, this goes back to the whole conflict. I, I avoid conflict like the plague. I don't want to put anybody out. I don't want to be needy. I don't want to be weak. And so I spent a lot of money yesterday with my therapist dissecting just how wrong that whole idea is that asking for help is not weakness, especially in a situation where you, t I mean, desperately, desperately, desperately need someone to step in and offer their hands so that I don't drown. Well, but offering and asking is different though. Mm -hmm. I mean, if someone offers, it's one thing to take it, or to not take it, but if no one is offering. And that, that's not a criticism of anybody else, but it's hard sometimes for people to offer because they don't know that you've fallen. Because you haven't screamed, hello, I've fallen over here and I'm injured and I can't get up. I've fallen right. and I can't get up. Right. <laughs> but I, I mean, it is this idea that, for me at least, that I should be able to take care of my own shit. And that if I can't, it's not anyone else's responsibility to help me get to that point and part of that is just that's just the attitude I've kind of always had and it always seems like every time I put myself out there I just get fucked so there's really no incentive to do it to be honest put with yourself you. out there in terms of asking for help yeah in in well really with anything but yeah it never seems to I don't know it always seems to lead to more issues I guess to more issues around Issues. Is, issues. Issues. Um, issues around what you need to you need to expound on that. 
Well, I guess, I don't know. And it could just be because I'm so opposed to actually asking that the process of asking and the results that come from that just don't feel right just because I don't like the whole idea of it. It makes you uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. And I think more often than not, if you ask for help, or at least me, I can't speak for everyone, there's usually more to it than what than what you initially ask for and maybe more to it than what you know. And that always sucks. Like, then you just feel exposed and eh. Eh? Eh. It's just, it's just I'd rather lay there until I heal and then get up and keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I guess I've I've sort of just embraced this idea that if the floor falls out, then you just adjust to that new lower level and move on from there. Like it's the path of least resistance. Well, this is where this is where my therapist would say this is the bullshit. You're trying to like play some sort of not that we're intending to play the martyr role or the superhero role, but it's bullshit. Like it's just stupid. It's just plain fucking stupid to sit and flail when if you asked for help. Somebody would be like, oh, well, fuck, of course I'm going to help you get up. Come here, you know. Whereas it's it's bullshit to lie there and think, oh, well, it's just going to be better down here. It um, totally is. Oh, I acknowledge that 100%. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make the alternate path seem more appealing necessarily. But the weird thing is I will, within my own circle of people, I will happily lay down everything that I have in front of myself to help somebody else. Like on any given day, it doesn't matter what I'm staring down. If someone that I care about needs help, I will eagerly offer it up. But I will never ask for it in return. Vince, you're not giving those people in your life the opportunity. That's probably mm-hmm. true, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think to put this in context, um, and instead of talking about this in vague terms, I'll talk about it in very concrete terms. The schedule this year in school... Again, we're going to go back and curse that stupid episode where we were like, oh, it's just so perfect. Skip through the poppies. Um, Yeah, the the schedule this year is grueling, just absolutely grueling and unrelenting. And um, I, yeah. (laughs) And, um, it got to the point, and again, so, so I'll, I'll, I'll phrase it like this. It got to the point where, you know, it's not a pity party when I say that I don't have a social life and that I don't go out. It is a bit of a head fuck to realize, oh my God, I haven't associated with another, with a peer of mine or a friend or anybody in six weeks of my life. Like I haven't, like on Friday and Saturday and Sunday night, I am putting my kids to bed and then I'm reading a book by myself. Like I'm by myself all the time. Like, and I think it's not a pity party that I'm trying to throw. It's that I don't think that it's really good for my mental health to not associate with friends. I think it's bad. I think it's bad for my health to not have that interaction. yeah. Yeah. And it started to it started to really weigh on me and it got, I mean, it was getting worse and worse because it was (laughs) Another week would go along and I would not have interacted with anybody. And the exhaustion of trying to juggle everything and trying to get my kids to piano and trying to get my kids to therapy and trying to get my kids to, you know, the doctors and I, all all of that was weighing on me so much. And it just, I called my mom and I was like, I was bawling. I was like, mom, I am drowning like I don't know how I'm going to keep this up I don't I don't know what to do I didn't ask for help outright I was just like mom I am I'm not okay I'm not okay this is this is impossible for me to keep up like physically it's impossible and part of it too is that I don't know anybody in the same situation where you know, I've, I went six weeks with no break from my kids, none, zero. Like, it's me. And I don't know anybody else in this situation. I don't have a mentor. I don't have a person to turn to and say, how the fuck am I supposed to do this? <laughs> like, 
it's just me plodding along going i think i'm i think i'm holding everything together i think i think i think i'm i, I think i'm going to be okay and then i woke up that one day and i was not okay and my mom heard the severity in my voice and she's like we're going to help you and i was like and i finally it just burst i was just started bawling i was like mom i need help so bad please help <laughs> please please help please help me and I experienced two emotions in that burst, which was one, just this huge dam being burst open of like, thank God I'm asking for help because I really am not okay. And two, oh, fuck, I just asked for help. <laughs> from, from your family, too. From my family. Oh, man. And they... They rallied like my mom basically went around to every single person in my family and said, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And this is happening. And they showed up at my house and moved a bed for Lita and they moved a dresser for Marlo. And um, my mom has volunteered to come and get Marlo to take Marlo to her therapy session. And my dad is going to take my kids to their piano lesson once a month to give oh, wow. me that. Yeah. Now that is causing me <laughs> that 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 piece of help right there is causing me a little stress. Well, that but that's a piece of it though. I mean, there's the humorous side to it, but I think we've talked numerous times before about going at it alone, you know, maybe a struggle, but we we are in control of everything, which is also some sort of peace of mind. Right? I mean, that that idea that if you want something done right, you do it yourself. Yes. But when you ask for help, you have to be willing to let someone else do it their way, which could also mean you have to be willing to let someone else screw up if that's what happens. Maybe they're five minutes late to piano, but you still didn't have to do it, so it still helped. But you have to let go of that control piece. It's the control piece, and it's also the piece that my dad has to drive over here from where he lives at that time of day, which means that's about a 45-minute drive from his house to mine. And then it's a 30-minute drive to piano, and then it's 90 minutes of piano lessons, and then he drives back here, and then he has to drive back home. So that's like a good four and a half hours out of his life. <laughs> it is, but it's also time with his granddaughters. I mean, I know. it is, it's a huge, I mean, he's taking a, a half of a day to do that. And like, it's for me, it's like, oh God, I'm asking somebody to do that. Oh my God. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it's my dad. Oh God. Oh God. This is what happened with my dad. Okay. Really quickly. Let me tell this story. So my dad does not have a smartphone. Oh, yeah. He refuses to waste his <laughs> if he listens to this he is just going to grit his teeth my dad refuses to waste any of his millions that he's squirreled away to update a phone um it, honestly if his if his dishwasher breaks he's not gonna get any dishwasher he's just gonna wash dishes um that's just who he is and he refuses to get a smartphone because he doesn't need one so the only way that we communicate is when he calls my landline. Without notice. the only notice. reason that I have a landline is because I live in a cellular black hole. And if I want to have a conference call with, you know, for, for, for business, I have to have something reliable. So the only person really who calls my landline is my dad. And even though I have reiterated it to him time and time again, like, Dad, you can't call in the middle of the day because I can't talk in the middle of the day. Or he calls right as I'm putting the kids to bed. And it's whenever I hear the phone ring, it's like being jolted with electricity. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. I don't like to be called. Without knowing. We've talked about yeah. this. Yeah. So not only that, he leaves a message on my voicemail. So he's calling my <laughs> This is this is really fucked up that I'm complaining about this. It really is fucked up. And I know somebody's and I and I get it. Somebody's going to leave a comment and say this is your dad. Treasure the fact that he's calling your fucking landline Heather. He's not going to be here forever and I totally get that. In the moment when I am that tired 
in in the day and in, and at night when I hear the phone ring, it is an involuntary reaction for me to like. Well, which says something in itself about kind of the state of things in general. Mm-hmm. I should be like, my dad's calling. That's what I should be like. Because it's not a, I love talking to my dad. I love talking to him. It's just mm, carving out the time to do it. And it would be so much easier if he would text me and say, hey, I would love to catch up. When is a good time? And then we could schedule that. That's how it works now. Right? It is. It is. But it's funny to think about it. Like you have to schedule a catch. And I get it. It's not that I don't get it, but it's just, it's weird to have to have things that scheduled, isn't it? Um, I mean, even to me, it feels the reality of our lives. Right. It is the reality, but it still feels strange. Yeah, I I guess. I I don't know anybody else. No, like everybody, every person in my family, we all communicate via texting. That's like, hey, I'd love to catch up. Or are you coming to the thing on Saturday? It's all texting because at least texting, I can get to it when I can get to it. And we and all of us in the family have have this like understanding that if we don't get back to your text right away, don't take it personally. It's just that we're all really, really, really busy. My sister and my brother both have five kids, both have job, you know, full time jobs. I mean, everybody's got shit going on. Oh yeah. And texting is just the easier way. Anyways, long story short, blah blah blah. Okay, we have belabored that point. I have belabored that point. Shut up, Heather. <laughs> Anyway, my mom went to my dad after this, after this like really, really somber phone call. Somber is a, is an completely understatement. My mom drove over to my dad's house and sat down with my dad and my stepmom. And she was like, Michael Hamilton, we have done this to her. She is over there. We live in the same city. She is over there and she is alone with those two kids. She is divorced. The father of those two kids moved across the country, and she is doing this alone every day, Mike Hamilton. Where are we? She said this to him. My God, I can't believe. I can't believe she said this to him. Like, thinking about it, like, I kind of want to run around like Rocky. And then thinking about it, I'm like, oh, my God, she did. She said this to my dad. Oh, God. And, uh. She was like, do you understand that every time you call that phone, you're adding to her workload? Do you understand that you have to get at something? You have to text her. So so my mom had this whole thing planned where the family was going to show up and they were going to help me move this stuff in the house. And uh, my dad called my sister and said, can you text Heather and say that I'm going to learn how to text I'm going to learn how to text, and I can't wait to see her on Friday night. <laughs> so my six, my sister texted me. <laughs> and I was like, hey, Dad just called and wanted me to text you to let, tell you this. And then she was like, LOL. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like texting with a third party. Mm-hmm. It is awesome. They have a flip phone that they've used before. My, my, my dad and my stepmom, they've used the flip phone to text before, but... I think those texts cost per text, so they don't want to really use that because then they're going to have to pay for the text. So, I don't even remember what it was like to pay per text. Like I, I didn't even know that was still a thing. Wow. Point of the story is that my dad showed up to my house. My entire family showed up to my house and pitched in. And there's these things that have been needed to have been moved in my house for like two years now and it got moved and it got moved in less than 45 minutes like my family is amazing because i finally caved and was like hi guys they replaced all the light bulbs in my house that had burned out <laughs> it's the little things <laughs> it is they brought over, because there's tons of light bulbs in my house that I can't reach. They brought over a ladder. They replaced the light bulbs. They fixed things. Like, it's, yeah. Well, I, I think the key, though, like, is to not wait until that point. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's like we've been stumbling for X number of months or years. And we should have asked what we were stumbling. But instead, it's like you're you're down and both your legs are broken. And then you finally ask. 
Why are we trying to be a hero? Why? It's not good for us. It's not good for our kids. It's not good for anybody. It's not good for the situation. It's true. You also have family that lives near you. I have zero family here. So I I really don't... You have your in-laws? Yes, I do. They help, don't they? They... Yes. In their own way, they do. I am thankful for them. It's just still... You're being very quiet. (laughs) It's... I, I guess I don't know how to say it and still be kind. They're helpful, but I, I don't want to, it's not like I want to sever that relationship, but I, I don't like to lean on my in-laws because any, any way that I lean on them then has visibility to Heather. And then I feel like my life is just on display and I cannot stand that. So it's a point of pride for you. I, but it's not even when I, it's not that like my life is on display and it looks like a weakness. I just, I don't need Heather to know all of the things that I'm doing. Not even that there's secret things. It's just, I don't consider her to be a major part of my life. She's a part of Lexton's life, but she's not really a part of my life. So even if I'm having, I don't know if I have a lot of work and my in-laws take Lexton on a Saturday within three days, I'll hear something from Heather. Oh, I heard that you had a lot of work. So my parents watched him. And I, I, she doesn't need to know that. It, does, it doesn't affect her at all. That kind of thing just drives me nuts. I, I kind of want to cut that. that. She, it, it affects you that she knows. I don't want her to have any visibility into my life. Okay. That's just the honest truth. I've kind of reached a point where I'm just done with that. She still comes over. We're still civil. It's still fine. Everything's fine. I just, I don't need to feel like there's this watching eye. Did she know that you ran the marathon? Uh, she does. I think I think Lexton told her at one point, yeah. I didn't tell her. I mean, I don't. It doesn't. Typically, anytime we interact, it's about Lexton or her day or some sort of unfortunate mishap with her husband. And I don't share anything about my life for that exact same reason, because I just don't have any desire to make it visible. Gotcha. You just said husband, and you reminded me that she got married. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, it's fine. And she'll, she'll talk about him and talk. And I, I guess I, I don't really care. Like I, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter to me, but I get filled in on all these daily intricacies of scheduling and this and that. I don't, I just, I don't care. But you nod you and go know. with it. No, I, it just yeah. doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. Like if you have to leave work early to take him to a doctor's appointment to buy, I, I, so what? I don't know. Maybe that's not, I'm not trying to sound like aggressively negative. I'm just kind of at a point where I feel like there have to be boundaries. Mm-hmm. And leaning on in-laws kind of eliminate those boundaries or make them pretty fuzzy. And that bothers me. And that's okay. You're still, you're still working through a lot. I mean, it's, it's still very, very new. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't know if John knows that I ran a marathon. I have no idea. I didn't tell him that I ran a marathon. I didn't know I was going to run a marathon. <laughs> but also, why would you tell him? Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at. Like, why? I don't. I don't need her to cheer me on. It doesn't, I don't know. I just don't, there's no point. So do you have, do you have friends that you can turn to? Uh, I have a few friends within, I don't know, 45 minutes, but they all have full-time jobs. They have kids. So it's, I, I think that's part of it too, for me is that when I think about asking for help, it's not like I'll inconvenience my friend, but it's that in order for him to help me, his wife has to take on more his kids' days have to be adjusted. It's like a big ripple effect. Mm-hmm. And I don't like knowing that because I needed help with this thing, that these other 10 things had to change when I could just suck it up and do it on my own. You could suck it up and do it on your own. Yep. I that, hate that phrase, suck it up. I do too. It's not a good phrase. No, it's not. But I would rather take that than, I, I just feel so guilty knowing that someone else had to inconvenience their entire day. Right. And me. you do realize how wrong, how it's not a wrong feeling, but it's like so messed up that we feel like this. I was texting with a friend and I was trying to remain as positive as possible. And she was like, you know, I, I'm, I'm sensing something from you. Are you okay? And I was like, I'm, I'll be okay, you know? And she showed up at my house and knowing that I needed... This is a this is a while ago. She showed up at my house and was like, "I am here and I'm going to be here for the next hour and you're going to sit down and you're going to tell me what's going on." And I think like friends would 
part of it is like, oh my, like if I found out that a friend was in desperate, desperate need and didn't reach out, that would make me sad. Yeah, that's yes. I feel the same Which way. Which is probably going on constantly and people don't reach out to me because they think, well, Heather's situation is so fucked up as it is. I'm not going to add to it. So, <laughs> oh God, oh God. Uh, because everyone has a, a certain amount of that. I mean, there are people who anytime they stumble, they will ask for help. There are people that are like that. There are people that probably ask for help more than they actually need it. But a, everyone has this piece where they they'll look at your situation or they'll look at my situation or anybody and say, well, they're already dealing with A, B, and C. I don't need to put this on them. I think that is just as natural a response as actually asking for help. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've even seen that behavior displayed by Lexton where he'll come up. I mean, he'll still ask for the help, but he'll come up and say, I I don't really want to ask because I know that you're working on this, but I have a question or I need help with this. And it's like this, it's just a natural thing to not want to inconvenience somebody that you perceive as being busy. It's not a natural thing, though. I, but I think it is. A na- I'm not saying it's good. Natural doesn't mean good. But I think it is a natural reflex to acknowledge that someone else will be inconvenienced and to not want to do that. That doesn't mean you shouldn't ask. But I think acknowledging that is a piece of it. I think it's what you do after acknowledging that that makes the difference. Part of, well, this also goes, this really, okay, the reason that I'm talking about this so much is because I really did dissect this with my therapist yesterday. And this goes back to like, needs and expressing what you need and your needs are important and valid and necessary and i will i'll I'll even come out and say that the, the the my inability to communicate my inability to communicate my needs and my inability to ask for exactly for help has destroyed my romantic relationships destroyed them it, I mean, it hasn't been like, yeah, it, it all goes back to that. It all goes back to the fact that I'm, but instead of saying, you know what, I really don't need that from you. I need this. It has destroyed every romantic relationship that I've been in because then it just comes, then what happens is that I, I start to resent the whole situation because it's like, well, what I've done is I have tried to maneuver myself around what this person is doing so that I don't inconvenience this person and none of my needs are getting met so I can just go over here not be in the relationship because it's not fulfilling my needs in any way that's that's how fundamentally fucked up this is and disruptive and harmful right and how much I'm trying to foster in my children like please come to me with your needs please come to me and like Whenever my children stumble and whenever my children are in a bad place is to stop and ask them, what do you need? Do you need help? What is going on? Okay. And so that, that's what I was going to bring up next is in part, it's a two way street and I'm not shifting the blame to other people, but you know, you, you recognize things in your girls and that causes you to pause and ask them what they need. You know, you're texting with a friend who realizes via text that things really aren't okay and that you need something. She doesn't know what it is, but she comes over. So this not asking for needs that's ruined your romantic relationships, well, I I can't argue that that hasn't contributed, but isn't it also the responsibility of the other half of that relationship to recognize that maybe you aren't getting what you need? Or that you have needs that are different than their own, and then to ask what those needs are. Yeah, I mean, this is textbook. I mean, you talk like communication. It's textbook, you know, miscommunication that destroys relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So it's Mm -hmm. not all on, I guess my point is, it's not all on you. It's a shared responsibility. It's a shared responsibility. Yeah. Because if you always have to ask, that's, that's really not okay either. Well, you get to a point where you haven't asked for anything and the other person's like well this person is strong this person is strong enough that they don't need help i guess i that's never how i view it though if if i ever encounter people who don't ever have needs or express needs that's never my assumption it, it's not that i assume they're they're weak and helpless but my assumption is never that they're strong and powerful and have absolutely no needs and they're good because no one is it's like a perfect state i never ask for anything Never ask for help. I'm definitely not good to go all the time. 
You're definitely not good to go all the time. I'm a Midwesterner, so I I just have all these wonderful little expressions. (laughs) I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I do. But I think... I think that's the easy, the easy interpretation to people who don't, the easy interpretation of people who don't ask for things or express their needs is that they're good. They don't need anything. They're strong. Right. They're kind of handled. But that's, that's an easy way out for the other person, in my opinion. So the other person is to blame for that. Again, it's shared. I mean, it's, if you never ask, that is on you or me or whoever, but the other person, I think... If at least in terms of of a romantic relationship, if there's a connection there and an awareness there, like there should be, then the other person should know well enough to pause and sit down and ask, just like you do with your girls, just like your friend did with you. Mm-hmm. And yes, this viewpoint is coming from someone who is quite obviously single, but I don't know. That's kind of how I see it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I think for me, I'm concentrating on doing my part which is communicating more what I need um, and working on that part of me that is so broken. Which is awesome. And I'm not, mean, <laughs> which I'm, I'm not meaning to not do that. I guess my whole message is that is what you, that is what we should all work on, or at least you and I or whoever, but I'm just saying, I think we need to work on that without shouldering 100% of the blame, like acknowledging that we're part of it and that this is the only part we can fix, but it, it's not, it's not all on you. You, you can't fix that other half. There's, it's not your responsibility to do that. And it's not within your power to do that, but I don't necessarily think it's a good idea to accept full responsibility while you're also trying to address your own portion of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, Yes, absolutely. But it doesn't take away from the fact that I still have a lot of work to do. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And we were trying to trace this back to like, what, what could possibly trigger this response in me to, again, the idea of falling over and asking for help is like, preposterous to me. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the the idea of doing that is just ridiculous, which is not it, like it's a reflexive human response to fall and say help. And I have completely shut that out. How did what happened? What happened? In, what trauma happened so that that reflexive response has been completely diminished? And um we sort of dissected what went on with my own parents' divorce and um, how I I didn't feel responsible. I did, though, however, feel like um, I, I knew how deeply sad my dad was and I knew how deeply hurt and um, sad my mother was for various reasons and I th- I think what I did is I was like, well, I don't want to show them that I'm hurt or needing anything. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to funnel all of this emotion and all of this need and all of this pain into being a, a straight A kid, flawless, and 
a perfectionist yeah. and that way it's going to make them happy. And so for me, I didn't want to show weakness or ask for anything because that was going to add to my parents' sadness and and hurt. And it's not their fault. Like they were pro- they they were finding their way and processing their own thing. This was a, a reaction on my part to seeing my mother very 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 upset every morning having I, like the bags under her eyes from crying and me asking her what is wrong and her not telling me and me thinking okay well what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to school and I'm going to make straight A's and that's going to make her happy and whatever I'm feeling is not really important whatever I'm feeling is not really important is kind of the mantra and like an a very what is the word an unconscious mantra that I had repeated in my head throughout my childhood from me my needs are not important my needs are not important this is so fucked up <laughs> sorry no i i mean i'm nodding you just can't hear me <laughs> nod i mean i i'm kind of in the same boat just from a different perspective i guess and it's not even for me it's never been that they're not important but it's always just i mean that's that's always the conclusion i come to but it's they're not important in the face of these other things that other people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. So if everything around me was quote unquote perfect, my needs would be important. They would matter. But because everything around me isn't, then I just assume that they automatically are one step below everything else in importance. And that's got to be, uh, that's got to, it's got to be contributing to mood. Well, it has to be. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's part of my so as I've gotten older my depression manifests itself as anxiety. That's really where my depression flares is in the middle of my chest. It just it's like a fire screaming inside of me. And I think the little voice behind it is you have so many needs that aren't being met and they really aren't fucking important. And those needs get bigger and bigger and bigger and more glaring and are screaming, but they're not important. And you're convincing yourself of that. This is so fucked up. This is like... Well, but it's it's weird to think about, though, with our kids, right? So... Sponsored by Zoloft. This episode right. is brought to you by Zoloft. That's <laughs> But, I mean, we, we want to foster that open expression with our kids. You know, that when they need something, they tell us when something's wrong and they ask for help. And I mean, it's kind of do as I say, not as I do at this point. And I mean, I don't know how much of it that necessarily any of them are picking up yet. Although, you know, Lita and Lexton might be catching on to some of it. But it's kind of impossible to tell them that it's okay to express their needs and ask for help. And, you know be aware of their needs, but then not do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. They, this is a very if they hard, haven't noticed, they will. It's a very hard thing to, to ape for my children. Is that the right word? Mimic ape to show, yeah. to demonstrate. Yeah. Which is like, if I, I was told Lita and Marla, like we need to really thank, you know, <laughs> this is so fucked up. I was like, we really, 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 really needed to thank the family for coming over and helping us. Like, that was really, 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 really nice of them. When when I should have said, wasn't that great? Not like they went out of their way to come over and do this. I should have just have said, this was great. And like, my, I'm compelled to be like, they all like dropped what they were doing on Friday night. And they all came over here to do that. See, ah, I have so much to work on. God damn it. But I mean, it could also be an opportunity to sit down. I mean, maybe, maybe not with Marlo, but with Lita to sit down and say, you know, I'm kind of overwhelmed with everything and I needed some help. So I asked for it. Mm-hmm. That's why your your grandfather is going to take you to piano once a month because I needed I needed some help. I mean, to at least instead of saying we should really thank them, but just be honest and say, just like I tell you that it's okay to ask for help, I needed help. Right. Which I think is a whole different piece of this, really, because it's one thing to ask for help and then one thing to openly acknowledge that you've asked for help, I think. Mm -hmm. Because it's like first asking for it, at least when you're in this position, is sort of like admitting defeat and then telling people that you asked for it is like broadcasting that this is it's it's admitting weakness yes and weakness 
has gotten, at least in my brain, has gotten a really bad rap. Well, weakness is seen as a fault. Yes. Which is, I mean, everybody has a weakness in at least one area. I mean, you you do because you can't be great at everything, but it is often seen as a fault. Well, yeah. In my brain, it's seen as it's seen as something detestable is what it is. It's like, I will not be weak. I will not be that detestable thing. And that's that's something that I've got to really, really, really shift because... I, I will not be that detestable thing. <laughs> yeah, that does need to shift. I think that, that needs to shift. I think that really needs to shift. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that you're at a point where it's shifting or do you feel that this was a, a fluke incident? I mean, is it likely that you and I are going to have this conversation in a year? And that we're both in the same fucking boat, not asking for help. Well, I think this was a huge thing for me last week when I called my mom and I even texted her. I said, Mom, I need help. I'd never ask. I never use that word, but I need it so badly right now. And I need I need you guys to come help me so that I don't drown, so that so that the ship doesn't go under. Because these two hands cannot juggle these 70 balls in the air. Last week was and, rough. Uh, yeah. Hmm? Last week was rough. I mean, Last week and especially really, rough. Really week. rough. Yeah. This week, just just the the relief of having knowing that they were there and were willing to step in, and that they are stepping in, and that they are that I have this network. I'm so lucky and privileged, and it's it's kind of a slap in the face to people who don't have this network for me to just hole up and not ask for and not lean on the support and not lean on the network that I have here. To, to say, hey, mom, you know, Marlo has therapy every Tuesday night and it takes a good three hours out of my day. Could you do it once a month so that I have those three hours to work? Or, and my mom, I didn't even ask her. She just, she noticed that and she stepped in and said, this is what we're doing. I'm going to take her on Tuesdays and end of discussion. Your mom is awesome. It's a slap in the face to those who don't have people to lean on that if I don't ask for help. I'm not I'm not winning any game by trying to play the hero. And I mean that's what I'm that's what I have that's what I that's what I have to learn. Fuck, I'm going to start crying. Shit. It's not going to be one of those episodes. Fuck. <laughs> well, it's been anything but a lighthearted episode. I think I have said fuck like 70 times already. So this is the really explicit episode of Manic Grambling Spiral. Oh my god. <laughs> No, we were sitting, I was sitting in therapy yesterday and I said to, I said to my therapist, like my depression and my anxiety, I gotta get, a, I gotta get a, a hold on it. And a lot of it is the fact, a lot of it is the anxiety is sort of compounded by the fact that I won't ask for help. And the fact that I did last week, my anxiety this week is literally, literally 25% of what it was. I'm going to quantify it. I'm going to fucking quantify it. My anxiety this week is only 25% of what it was last week because I called my mom and I said, help. You finally did it. I did. You don't, and you don't even usually accept help when it's offered. No, it stresses me out. Asking for it stresses me out. Accepting it stresses me out. All of the whole thing. And I I accepted it, and oh my God, the effect that it had on that ball of fire that sits in the middle of my chest. Oh my God. It, I woke up, Tuesday mornings are usually really, really, really bad. I woke up on Tuesday morning, and that ball of fire wasn't there. And, it's, and I was like, this is inexplicable. Why am I not so anxious that I want to throw up? And I, and I, it took sitting with my therapist and her saying, because you asked for help. Because <laughs> you know that there's somebody there who really, really cares and wants to show up and help you. I was like, oh. Yeah, there is, like you said, there's no, we're not winning any awards by trying to do it alone. That is definitely true. Yeah. I, yeah. Meow, 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 well, And it's, meow. it's separate, though, I think. You have to do it for yourself. Like you have to, and I, I bring this up because I was having a text conversation with a really good friend of mine and she made the comment, I actually pulled up the text. She said, don't martyr yourself, Lexton will feel it. And I, I love her to pieces, she's fantastic. But that the last piece of that statement is like an echo from everybody all the time. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. Like don't, 
don't do this to yourself because it will affect him. Like, if it didn't affect him, then eh, just do it. It doesn't really matter. Like, that's honestly how that, how that makes me feel. Like, you can't do this because it will affect him. It's not that I disregard him or don't care about him, but it's, there's two separate pieces. Like, I think first and foremost, I am a man and then I'm a father. I think first and foremost, you're a woman and then you're a mother. And if you always put, you know, motherhood or, or fatherhood in front, the self suffers, I think. For sure. Yeah. This feels like a therapy session. It is a therapy session. But I had this remarkable breakthrough. I mean, hopefully it lasts. But I woke up on a Tuesday morning. A Tuesday morning of all mornings. It wasn't a weekend. It was a Tuesday, which for reasons I will go into at some point, Tuesdays are just bad. And I woke up on a Tuesday morning and it wasn't there. And it wasn't there yesterday. And it wasn't there this morning. And well, I knew something yeah. was going well because you said I'm remarkably well in a text. Did, did I say that? You did. You you said you said I'm doing remarkably well. I you know what it you know what it was? I asked for help. I showed weakness and the world didn't end. That is true. You're still here. You survived the weekend. I, I, I asked for help. People gave it to me. The world didn't end. I showed weakness. I was that detestable thing. And the world didn't end. And Or you weren't a detestable thing, really. You can't, you can't right, wear the right. detestable label and ask for help and act like that fixes the problem. <laughs> you, I mean, you well, have to, you you have know, to shake that label. You know, when people ask, like, well, what's the worst that could happen? And you're like, well, the worst that could happen is that, um, you know, the car won't start. And they're like, well, so what? The car won't start. We will get you. We, we will come to your aid. We will show up with, with jumper cables. We will be there to help you. You know, like, it's like, so what is the worst thing that could happen? I asked for help and the world didn't end. Yeah. And those are all the things I tell people when I offer them help. But yet I still don't ask for it. We will see how I feel tonight when my dad shows up to take my kids to piano, whether or not I have a panic attack. No, you'll feel amazing because you have, what is that, 30, 90, 30. So you have plenty of time. Three hours. Yeah. To get work done. Right. Mm -hmm. Any kind of work, work around the house, work, work. I mean, it, you will, you you will have a panic attack because even if he is like, one minute late, which you leave early, so late is still not late, you will panic. You, I mean, you will. <laughs> and that's okay, but everything is going to work out. Mm -hmm. Is this the first time? That my dad will have taken them to piano? Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Well, you'll mm -hmm. freak out less and less as it happens more and more. I, well, I told my mom, I said, I'm going to let this, we're going to let it happen once. We're going to let it happen once. And we'll see how I feel. If it's worse, if I feel worse, then let's just let's just have him help me in another way. But you know, let's, let's see how this goes. And yeah, this is oh my god, the world will I can not see end. The, I can see the Amazon review or the or the Apple review. She's fucking complaining about her dad taking her children to their piano lesson. <laughs> I read. I actually read some of the reviews the other day. Oh no. Yeah. Just don't. Just to anyone who has left us one that is great. I did read those too, and we really do appreciate it. But honestly, if you don't like it, then just don't listen. I mean, oh, are they continuing to listen despite the fact that they don't like it? I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly. I don't remember the dates on these reviews. But when it says, you know, I've listened to eight of them and I hate them all, then fucking stop. Like after one <laughs> or two, maybe. I, I mean, honestly, I can think of so many artists and authors and anybody that whose work I don't like, I don't absorb it and then bitch about it. Like I just, I've never understood the, that amount of energy. Yes. Ask for help. Find some other thing to do. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I don't need that in my, I don't need the, the Apple review swirling around in the fire in my chest. I, I will not read that. them again. That was the last time. Mm -hmm. Welcome to my inbox. Yes. 
<laughs> but there's a lot of people that email and comment and they're great and supportive and those mean a lot. We definitely read those. Those do really mean a lot. They really mean a lot. And I, 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 I'll get the, um, I'll get an email from someone saying, you know, to to the juice inbox saying, I listened to your podcast and thank you so much for that. And I'm like, oh, 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 awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Yay. It, it really, yes, it makes a big difference. Huge so difference. I guess asking for iTunes reviews is kind of like asking for help. So we're kind of like, we're right there. Asking for good reviews, asking for good reviews. Leave us a, please good, leave yeah. us a good review. Help, yeah. help. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but if oh, you, man. you know, if you have anything to add to this, if you find yourself as sort of a martyr of sorts, we would definitely love to hear it. Or if you if you lived that way for a while and somehow managed to pull yourself out of it and admit that you're weak in areas and ask for help, we'd like to hear that too. So as always, you can email us at stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Manic Ramblings. Um, let me let me say this before we end really quickly. If people make it to the end of this episode, I have not written about really about my depression or anxiety in the last year um, for a few reasons, and so this feels very vulnerable this episode does very very vulnerable for me which is strange because i wrote about extensively about my depression for over 15 years and uh i think part of my depression this year and has been compounded by the fact that i have not been able to talk about it openly and discuss it and um reach out and know that other people struggle with it and so this is as scary as it is for Ryan to put this together and hit publish. I'm, I'm going to say go ahead and do it, even though this has been so fucked up. <laughs> but it's important to get it out there. It is important. And until next time, please ask for help. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.